بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم in the name of Allah the most beneficent the most merciful I testify that there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad is Allah's true slave and messenger may Allah salam be upon the Prophet his noble and pure family and all of the noble companions and those who follow on their path until the day of resurrection we continue the explanation of Surah Al-Sharh Surah number 94 and we are at the verse وَوَضَعْنَا عَنْكَ وِذْرَكَ وَوَضَعْنَا عَنْكَ وِذْرَكَ and removed from you your burden addressing the Prophet Muhammad وسلم, said in the beginning of this chapter Alam nashrah laka sadrak haven't we opened your breast for you O Muhammad and removed from you your burden the first verse uh, the explanation of that was uh, done yesterday and today inshallah we go over uh, whatever Allah permits Naam, and removed from you your burden, and removed from you your burden. So we forgave you, O Muhammad, and pardoned you. Meaning, pardon you, wizrak. Wizrak means your sin. Alladhi anqada dhahrak, which weighed down your back. Which weighed down your back. And the mentioning of the back here because the back is known you know physically is the place of where things can be carried on so if there is a heavy burden on the back then by all means that would be uh, a burden for the rest of the parts by all means because if this is the back which is made to carry the load if that is burdened then by all means the rest would be more burdened and it is because it is the strongest part in the body to hold the lifts and you just imagine and know that I mean just think and while you may hold a bag a full bag on your back or you carry it in your hands there is definitely a difference so the meaning here that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave the Prophet sallallahu his sins so that he remains maghfuran lah forgiven قال الله تعالى in this respect in Surah Al-Fatih chapter 48 chapter 48 verse 1 and 2 إِنَّا فَتَحْنَا لَكَ فَتْحًا مُبِينًا لِيَغْفِرَ اللَّهُ لَكَ مَا 
Verily, we have given you, O Muhammad, a manifest victory that Allah may forgive you your sins of the past and the future and complete His favor on you and guide you on the straight path. And it was said to the Prophet وسلم, while he was performing the night prayers of Tahajjud, staying, performing those prayers until his feet would So it was said to him, alayhi salatu wasalam, while standing the night praying, and his feet getting swollen, he was told to him, you perform this, while Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had forgiven you your sins of the past and of the future then his response sallallahu alayhi wasallam was afala akunu abdan shakura shouldn't be i shouldn't be shouldn't i be a grateful or a slave who gives thanks to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So from this we know, from the Qur'an and Sunnah, that the forgiveness of the past and the future sins are mentioned in both sources, meaning the Qur'an and the authentic Sunnah, and that this is from the particularities to the Prophet ﷺ, meaning they are special to him, alayhi salatu wasalam. However, other than the Prophet والسلام, then he needs tawbah from the sin. Then he needs to repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from his sins. And it is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may forgive the person without repentance as long as it is lesser than shirk. As long as it is lesser than shirk. However, we are on the firm belief that the Prophet ﷺ had been forgiven <coughs> his past and future sins. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says here, وَوَضَعْنَا عَنْكَ وِزْرَكَ الَّذِي أَنْقَضَ ظَهْرَكَ And remove from you your burden which weighed down your back. So if someone now comes and says, this ayah and the other proofs that mentioned that were mentioned are evidence that the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam may commit sin so the question is 
Is it the case? No, that will be forgiven also. That will be forgiven. Before accepting Islam, all Islam, clears all the sins of the past. Naam. Alhamdulillah. So, the question is, is it possible that the Messenger وسلم, may commit sin? The answer is yes. And we cannot reject the text just because we think that this is not feasible and what we say is that what matters is it's not that a person commits the sin but what matters is really that he be forgiven this is the important thing that he be forgiven as to not committing the sin well let's hear what the Prophet ﷺ said كل بني آدم خطاء all the children of Adam err وخير الخطائين التوابون and the best of those who err are those who repent so, it's inevitable to err and commit sin. However, with respect to the Prophet والسلام, what's not, what doesn't take place is lying and treason. This is impossible it is impossible for that to take place from them because this would be an accusation against the marriage against the message they are entrusted with and this is impossible as well as acts of immorality like fornication, adultery and the like this is also impossible to occur from them because this is indirect it, this is negates this negates the message itself because the objective of the message is to perfect the morality as the Prophet ﷺ said in the authentic hadith I have been sent to complete the moral and the honors and moral and honorable character, characters so consequently we know now that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removed the burden from the Prophet Sallallahu 
So if this was a heavy burden on the Prophet wasalam, then what about our sins? What about our sins? Indeed our sins burden our backs and weigh down on them but it is as if we are carrying nothing it is because of our weak iman and weak insight and much heedlessness we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to treat us by his pardoning It is reported in some reports that the believer, if he commits a sin, its burden on his back, it will weigh like a mountain. It will be like a mountain rather on his, on his head. And that the hypocrite, if he commits a sin, it would be like a fly that lands on his nose and he goes with his hand to drive it away meaning he is careless the believer however is concerned about his sins and he gets worried until he gets rid of that by means of tawbah and istighfar and seeking forgiveness or righteous deeds that wipe out the sin and its consequences and if you see that your heart is heedless concerning your sins then know that your heart is a sick heart because the the heart that is alive does not accept such an illness and the illness of the heart is the sin and from this we take that we should concern ourselves very much concerning sins and that we should check them out and if it is the case with the merchants and people of businesses and so forth they don't go to sleep until they check their books of records what did they spend what did they earn then by all means the the trade with for the hereafter should be of a greater concern 
because it is the greatest trade this trade, the trade in this life if it will benefit, it will benefit them in physical enjoyment not forgetting that this trade in this life is always associated with distress and worries and worry, worries, worry, worries rather and sorrow and this is known and evident and if he loses in a trade, in a kind of a trade again he will be distressed or if there are or if he he's trading in a place or in a land where bandits or highway robbers may rob his trade then he will be more and more worried however the trade with the hereafter is just the opposite Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in surah al-saf chapter 61 verse 10 11 and 12 alaykum <laughs> O oh, who you believe, shall I guide you to a commerce that will save you from a painful torment? تُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَتُجَاهِدُونَ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ بِأَمْوَالِكُمْ وَأَنفُسِكُمْ That you believe in Allah and His Messenger and that you strive hard and fight in the cause of Allah with your wealth and your lives that will be better for you if you but know if you do so he will forgive you your sins and he will admit you into gardens under which rivers flow and pleasant dwelling in gardens of Aden of eternity that is indeed the great success that indeed is the great success so the trade with the hereafter this commerce is the salvation from the torment and punishment and through that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive the people and admit them the believers who comply with this to these gardens everlasting abode jannat adn wa masakin tayyibah and good dwellings in these adn eternity paradise These are good dwellings in paradise. These places of dwellings in their structure as the Prophet ﷺ said جَنَّتَانِ مِنْ ذَهَبٍ آنِيَتُهُمَا وَمَا فِيهِمَا وَجَنَّتَانِ مِنْ فِضَّةٍ آنِيَتُهُمَا وَمَا فِيهِمَا Two gardens of silver their utensils and whatever is in them 
and two their gardens of gold and their utensils and whatever is in them by Allah if a person prostrates or is prostrating from the time he or she became an adult until he or she dies then this is only a minimal price with respect to this reward and this great gain even if it is that the person may be saved from the fire of hell then this is sufficient this is Umar ibn al-Khattab may Allah be pleased with him he used to say لَيْتَنِي شَجَرَةٌ تُعْبَضْ أَيْ تُقْطَعْ لَيْتَ أُمِّي لَمْ تَلِدْنِي I wish I am a tree that can be cut I wish that my mother did not give birth to me it is because the person thinks that if he believes and performs the prayer and the fasting and gives the charity and gives and go for the pilgrimage and becomes righteous to his parents dutiful to them and the like then he thinks that he is safe S-A-F-E however there could be in his heart some kind of an illness that may lead him to an evil end we seek refuge in Allah from that as it is reported in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam inna ahadakum la ya'malu bi'amali ahli al-jannah hatta ma yakuna baynahu wa baynaha illa zira' فيسبق عليه الكتاب فيعمل بعمل أهل النار فيدخلها فيدخلها عند حديث الرافض عليه الصلاة والسلام said He said, Verily one of you behaves like the people of paradise until there is but an arm's length between him and it. Meaning that there remains only a short period before his death 
and that which has been written overtakes him and so he behaves like the people of hellfire and thus he enters it so he is acting outwardly like he is from the people of paradise as it appears to the others as it appears to others So this is where the problem lies. His actions are done for others to see. And this is clear in another version where the Prophet ﷺ said in another statement, إِنَّ الرَّجُلَ لَيَعْمَلُ بِعَمَلِ أَهْلِ الْجَنَّةِ Verily one of you or a person may behave and act like the people of paradise. فيما يبدو للناس there is the point of evidence as it appears to people وهو من أهل النار yet he is from the people of the fire of hell we seek refuge in Allah from that and the person if he reflects on these texts he will fear for himself he will fear the show of He will feel from, he will fear this false pride and arrogance. And he would fear from going into a state as thus, from going into a, straight, into a state of humiliation. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in the next verse, please, وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ and raised high your fame no one doubts this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised his fame and his mention at the time of every prayer and on the lofty places where adhan is called the call for the prayer is called where the muazzin, the caller says ashhadu an la ilaha illallah ashhadu anna muhammadan rasulullah I testify that there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah and then the caller also says in the adhan ashhadu anna muhammadan rasulullah I bear witness that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. And Allah mentions him, him and praises his mention during the Salah, in the Tashahud, before the Salam. And in the Tashahud it's obligatory. And in the tashahud we say Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah Wa ashhadu anna muhammadan rasulun Abduhu wa rasulun His Him being praised in mention With every act of worship 
because every act of worship requires two conditions to be acceptable sincerity and following the messenger Muhammad وسلم. so the one who follows the messenger والسلام, will remember and contemplate that at this type of worship that he is performing that he is now following Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and this in itself is praising him and praising his mention and in fame then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى The next verse please إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى إِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى So verily with hardship, with the hardship there is relief Verily with the hardship there is relief then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repeated that verily with the hardship there is relief and this is glad tiding this is a glad tiding from Allah to the believers and before that to their leader Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so it is a glad tiding for the Prophet and to this Ummah. And indeed the Prophet faced the hardships when he was in Mecca. And the hardships when he was in At-Ta'if. And when he was in Medina from the hypocrites. So Allah says here, reminds the Prophet ﷺ that in the same manner as we had opened your breast and relieved your burdens removed from you your burdens which weighed down your back and these are great favors in addition such hardships which touched you then definitely there is a relief after them along with every hardship there is relief hi now you see there between parentheses in verse number 6 on the screen that there is one hardship with two reliefs so one hardship cannot overcome two reliefs this is the saying of Ibn Abbas in, his, in this explanation of this verse between parentheses this is the saying of Ibn Abbas may Allah be pleased with him and his father where he said there is one hardship with two reliefs so one hardship cannot overcome two reliefs 
So although hardship had been mentioned twice and relief had been mentioned twice in verses 5 and 6, so how come we, you know, it is understood that hardship is only one time mentioned? They explained it as follows. The people who are eloquent uh, scholars in the Arabic uh, eloquency of, of the languages of the language. They said the hardship, the first hardship mentioned in verse five, has been repeated in the second verse with an article of the definitive form grammatically speaking with an article which is L so this is for is a definitive form however the relief it came in the indefinite form And the ruling is, if a noun is mentioned twice in the definitive form, then the second is the first, except in rare cases. On the other hand, if a name is mentioned or repeated twice in the indefinite form, then the second is not the first because the second is an indefinite is an indefinite form therefore it is not the same as the first one so therefore in these two verses there is therefore we can conclude Yusran two reliefs and one hardship why? because the hardship had been repeated twice in the definitive form So now, these are the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that verily with hardship there is relief. This is this is information from Allah related to us. And the news from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are the most perfect in truthfulness and his promise is never unfulfilled so whenever hardship touches you then wait for the relief in the applicability of this understanding the applicability of it in terms of legal matters is apparent take for example the salah we are commanded to pray standing 
But if we are not able, if it is hard, then we can do it sitting. There is a relief. And if we can't do it sitting, then on the side. So this is relief. And in fasting, if you are able while you are in residence, in a resident place, then you fast. And if you are unable, then you can break the fast. And if you are traveling, you also may break the fast. And concerning the Hajj, the pilgrimage, you can go if you are able. And if you are not able, then there is no Hajj on you. Even to the degree if you begin your Hajj, your journey to Hajj, and you were prevented, and you were not able for any reason from performing the Hajj, then you can relieve yourself from the state of Ihram and then you can instead give an offering as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 196 Naam. Surah Al-Baqarah, uh, chapter 2, verse 196, please. And perform properly all the ceremonies according to the ways of the Prophet regarding the Hajj and Umrah, the pilgrimage to Mecca. All should be for Allah, but if you are prevented, from completing them, sacrifice a hadi, an animal sacrifice, sheep, a cow, or a camel. So there is relief, alhamdulillah. So concerning worship, every difficulty which may encounter a person, he will sure find a relief for it. Similarly, pertaining to the pre decree of Allah, Al Qada wal Qadar the preordainment of Allah. So whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pre-decrees on a, on a person certain calamities and restrictedness and little of provisions and restricti restrict restrictedness of the chest and the like, then he should not despair because with every hardship there is relief. And this relief could be something apparent, physically apparent. For example, a person may be poor and this is hardship. 
then Allah may relieve him and he becomes rich. Another example, a person may be sick and tired, feeling the hardship of illness, then he may be relieved by Allah giving him a healing. This is physical. There is a non-physical relief and that is the help of Allah given to, to the person to persevere, to be patient and persevering. This is relief. So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assists you to be persevering and patient, so the hardship will be relieved. So this kind of difficulty and hardship that may touch you, which could be, if it, if it befalls on the mountains, it may destroy it. It becomes by the help of Allah upon you, a relief. We say this while we are, we say this while we are on firm belief in the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that with every hardship there is relief. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells His Prophet, فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ فَانْصَبْ The last two verses please. فَإِذَا فَرَغْتَ فَانْصَبْ وَإِلَى رَبِّكَ فَرْغَبْ Which means, so when you have finished from your occupation, your work, etc. Then stand up Fansab, stand up, stand up to take another task. Exert the effort for another task. So don't lose this life. And that's why the life of the sensible person is always a life of seriousness. Meaning, whenever he accomplishes a certain task or an occupation, he will go for another one. And so forth. Because time, time passes. while the person is in a stage of, stage of awakeness and sleep and occupation and free time time passes no one can hold time even if the whole creation would come in support of each other to do that they wouldn't if they would come to to support each other to stop the sun so that the day becomes longer they won't be able to do that no one can hold the time so make your life 
active a life of activity and seriousness and whenever you accomplish a certain task you can go for the other and whenever you finish a, an action pertaining to this life then do that which pertains to the hereafter and if you finish a task pertaining to the hereafter then busy yourself with the task pertaining to this life so when the prayers on the day of Jum'ah are done then go and spread in the land disperse and seek from the bounty of Allah and here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala concerning Salat al-Jum'ah listen to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says concerning the Friday prayer Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu in Surah al-Jum'ah naam oh who you believe let's have verse 9 also please 62 verse 9 inshallah and then 10 verse 9 Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu idha nudiya lissalati min yawm al-Jum'ah oh you believe when the call is proclaimed for Salah, for the prayer on the day of Friday, of the Jum'ah, come to the remembrance of Allah. So leave that work which is pertaining to this life, come to the remembrance of Allah. This is now busying yourself in another work, but this is for the hereafter. And leave off business and every other thing. That is better for you if you did, but no. فَإِذَا قُضِيَةِ الصَّلَاةِ Now look at this. The other, the other way around. فَإِذَا قُضِيَةِ الصَّلَاةِ فَإِذَا قُضِيَةِ الصَّلَاةِ Then when the Jum'ah prayer is finished, the action pertaining to the hereafter now, this is an act of worship, you may disperse through the land. فَانْتَشِرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ now. وَابْتَغُوا مِنْ فَضْلِ اللَّهِ and seek the bounty of Allah working etc and remember Allah much that you may be successful so whenever we leave a certain task we go to the other and so forth now if someone comes and says if I would be serious in all of my affairs in this life then I will get tired and I will be bored I will get bored the answer is that we say to him taking a rest in order to activate yourself and refresh it for further activity in itself is considered work and action So work and action does not necessitate you know going around doing certain physical movements and so forth. In fact your this resting time that you have utilizing it to prepare for the other task is considered an active process. 
What's important therefore is that for the person is to make his life, all of it, serious and active. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says at the end of the verse, وَإِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ فَرْغَبْ And to your Lord alone, turn all your intentions and hopes. So this means when you accomplish these tasks, then turn to your Lord alone, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Turn your intentions and hopes to gain the reward of Allah and to seek His help. So be with Allah before carrying the task and after accomplishing it. Before carrying it, be with Allah, seeking Him, seeking His help. And then after that you hope for his, for, from His reward. And this also requires that the person turns to Allah and none, to none, and none, to, none other than Him in all of his affairs. And be confident that whenever you link your hope, attach your hope, by turning to Allah Azza wa Jal, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make things easy for you. And you find many people, however, they lack such an attitude and such a status and condition. Meaning to be always turning to Allah in intention and hope. And that's why you find much of their works disturbed because they didn't have any connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in regard to these actions. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those complying with his commands, believing in his news and information. Innahu ala kulli shay'in qadir. He, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is able to do all things. Walhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Wa sallallahu ala muhammadin. Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. So this brings the end of the explanation of Surah Al-Sharh number 94. Inshallah, tomorrow, We'll start in Surah At-Teen, Surah At-Teen number 95, Surah At-Teen number 95. So, as you see, Alhamdulillah, we are coming to finish almost, inshallah, the uh, part 30. Um, there is st- still, of course, uh, some surahs, but uh, Alhamdulillah, for His help, on finishing what we have we were able to finish and then tomorrow inshallah we'll start surah at-teen wa-teeni wa-zaytuni wa-turi sinin wa-hadha al-balad al-ameen laqad khalaqna al-insana fi ahsani taqweem thumma radadnahu asfala safirin illa al-lazina amanu wa-amilu al-salihati falahum ajrun ghayru mamnoon fama yukadzibuka ba'du bid-deen alaysa allahu bi-ahkam al-hakimin it's eight verses Alhamdulillah. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad.